Hello everybody, I'm Elaine Monaghan, Professor of Practice here at IU's Media School and welcome to another episode of Through the Gates. This week we have Tom James with us. Hello Tom. Hello. Tom is, like me, not from here. Where are you from Tom? I grew up in Ontario, Canada. Yes, so we're hearing a wonderful combination of Canadian and Scottish accents today. Tom is here to tell us about some really interesting service work he does, but you should know that he is also a professor in psychological and brain sciences, where he does lots of work that I couldn't possibly explain. But it's very important, and it is what exactly, Tom? So uh, we're interested in um, sensory systems. We study uh, human brains, and, and so usually to do that you have to use non-invasive techniques. So we use uh, functional MRI to sort of get inside people's brains and, and mostly look at, at, at what happens when they're seeing different things. Excellent. So you see inside people's brains without actually going inside their brains. So we are going to talk about something else that happens inside people's brains, which Tom is working on in a service way. Um, and this is an organization called Advocates and Allies. What, what, what is that, Tom? Tell us about it. So, yeah, Advocates and Allies for Equity is a group of men um, that is uh, an auxiliary to the Center of Excellence for Women and Technology. And that's actually an important part of it. Um, so uh, uh, you might ask, like, why is a group of men so interested in, in gender equity? And, and actually, you know, sometimes I think we get feedback from women that are, you know, should this conversation be going on just among men? I mean, this is gender equity we're talking about. And, um, and so it's important to point out that, that we have oversight from the Center of Excellence for Women in Technology. Um, so, yeah, we're a group of men who is really interested in educating ourselves and, and other men about gender equity, specifically on the IUB uh, campus. So tell us, what, what do you do? How do you do this important work? So um, we started out uh, about two years ago. We adopted a model from um, a group at North Dakota State University. They um, had got a grant from the uh, NSF, an advance grant, um, which was specifically targeted at increasing um, gender diversity in their engineering program there. Um, and part of the renewal of that grant was that they could then um, sort of spread that model to other universities. And so we had them come in and, and do a train-the-trainer um, workshop with us where, where about 12 of us got trained up on how to offer these workshops here at, at IUB. Um, and so our, our main model right now is based on that. So we have a workshop where we talk about gender um, Gender. We give data on gender inequity on the IUB campus. Um, we teach them about unconscious bias and about male privilege. Um, and then at the end, we try to instill kind of a feeling of don't be a bystander and give them some sort of actionable items that they can act on once they're back in their own unit. So I have so many questions about this. It sounds amazing. So you used the, the phrase unconscious bias, which is something I'm sort of intrigued by because, of course, we all have it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I spend a lot of my time thinking about what mine might be, and I'm sure the list is very long. 
So in the context of what you're talking about, can you tell us what that means? Yeah, so um, like you said, everybody has these. They're they're like um, schemas or themes or you know they're they're shortcuts and heuristics that we all have um, that really help us through our day to day lives. Um, the 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 shortcuts analogy is a, is a good one because we really have to do a lot of information processing every every day and. And any shortcut to the amount of information we need to process is is good in terms of getting us through our day. But um, but sometimes they're they're not good. So so sometimes the shortcut puts us in a situation um, where when we're in a situation that we're not used to being in, we might treat somebody in a way that that we don't mean to. Um, and so. Uh, you know, at, on a campus like IUB, where, or in a department like, um, you know, chemistry, where say women are underrepresented, or especially with like underrepresented minorities and that kind of thing, you you have these schemas that you follow that are based on what you're used to doing every day, um, but that might not be. But because it's not representative, that might not be the way you actually want to act. Uh, but you still do. So how long how long has the organization been going, and when did you get involved? Yeah, so I've been involved since the beginning. It's and it, it's about two years ago when when the NDSU group came and trained us up um, from their advanced grant initiative. Um, so it was probably in the works for about a little less than a year before that with conversations between me and the director of the Center of Excellence, um, Maureen Biggers, trying to figure out, you know, how this seems important. How can we how can we form this? How can we get this off the ground? How can we make this work? And how many members do you have? Do you know? So we're up to just over 200 now. Yeah. Yeah, it's, so it, it's increased rapidly over the last two years. Yeah, it's been good. And so what do you have to do to be a member? You just have to sign up for one of our workshops. Yeah, and so we have them twice a year, um, or t- four times a year, twice a semester. Yeah, so I mean, is, is, is it open, in fact, to everyone, or do you specifically invite men to join? How, how does that work? Yeah, so it's a, it's men with men. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And, and there's... There's two reasons for that. One is that that's the model that they used at uh, North Dakota State University. Yeah, the, the group uh, there had an advance grant that from the NSF that that they um, uh, developed this this model and then wanted to share it with other people. And so we're one of um, you know probably about a dozen universities that use this model now. So it's yeah male facilitators with male attendees. Um, there, there's two ideas here. One is that sometimes to, to affect change, you have to make people uncomfortable. Um, and, and clearly, having women in the room would make the men very uncomfortable, right? And, but another idea is that if you make them too uncomfortable, then for various reasons, they'll be resistant to learning. And so they might come and be a part of it, but they might not take away the message quite as strongly as, as you want them to. Uh, and so that's our reasoning behind having just men in the room is that it makes it kind of a safe space for men where they can really completely openly share their ideas um, and, and their concerns. Um, and in the in the end, you know, take make sure that they have answered all the questions that they have. A lot of times, you know, I think we get men 
who if there were women in the room, they would be afraid to ask questions because it would it would sound uneducated or something like that. And mm-hmm. and um, and so this way we we get away from that. Men can ask all the questions, have all the concerns they want, and leave with a with a full answer, which makes them much more receptive, I think, to the to the message. Seawit, can you remind our listeners what that is and who its leadership is? Yeah. So. Um, CWIT is the Center of Excellence for Women and Technology. Um, so it's a it's a pretty broad um, program here on, on campus. Um, I'm just going to get this little plug in here that a lot of people think that it has to do with computer science and things like that because of the technology label, but... But it really isn't. It's for people, you know, across all disciplines who who use technology in their research or teaching. Um, and, you know, most people do these days use technology. And so CWIT is really for everybody. Um, the other thing is CWIT is not just for women either. So maybe 10% of their affiliates are, are, are men. Um, and... Uh, which are, you know, basically our our allies group makes up that that group. But but um, CWIT has a lot of programming that is would be not just interesting for women, but also interesting for men. So, um, yeah, I think I think if you see a, a you know a CWIT advertisement and you're a man, don't just disregard it because they have a lot of really really awesome programming. Yeah. So is CWIT kind of the parent organization of yeah. your ally group? Yeah. So. Um, over the years, the organization has changed a little bit, but we, we kind of have three different um, divisions now, which is that um, we have a, a sort of a, a faculty-wide division, which is programming for the whole faculty. Then we have a, a STEM division, which is really targeting women in STEM in, in particular. And then we have our allies and advocates group, which is, is targeting men. So, um, so that's kind of how it breaks down. So, Tom, I have a question for you. I would love to know, what are the things that made you want to join this group? Yeah, in- interesting. So, um, I'll, I'll just back up a little bit first and say that, that this is one of the first questions we ask people when they come to our workshops is, why are you here? And we get a lot of different answers. Um, and And then if we kind of collate those answers and and look for kind of the most frequent ones there's they they really kind of they there are there are some answers there which you know so a lot of men that come to our workshops have been really influenced by another woman in their lives so as academics they've had a an advisor maybe that was a woman as um just in in life they maybe have a partner who is also in academia that they hear about the inequities that that they have to deal with um and then one of the most popular is that they have a daughter who especially maybe a daughter who has just entered the workforce and are hearing stories from their daughter about the inequities that they are coming up against um and so um for me i have all of those (laughs) so um so i i think there have been there there are lots of things that kind of point pointed me in this direction. Tom, we, we've heard about the ways that you've adopted the workshop model that our friends from North Dakota came up with, but I gather you have an initiative of your own. Yeah, so um, although our feedback has been you know, very positive about the workshops, one of the things um, that that they talk about is, is re-engagement. So 
uh, a one and done workshop is not right for everybody. They they want to continue to be engaged in discussions about gender equity on campus, um, and so we've developed um, these what we call facilitated conversations. Um, which are much more informal than workshops and involve m many fewer people, um, where, where actually we get together over coffee with a group of people, um, make sure that we have one or two facilitators there, and, and again, just have like an hour-long conversation about a specific topic. Um, it, it's a pretty new thing, so we're working on exactly how to... Um, identify topics, but eventually what we want to do is source them from the allies themselves um, so that so that we have a slate of topics for the each semester, but that are topics that the allies have decided that they want to talk about. And, um, and then at the conversation, they come, they discuss them uh, with a facilitator there to, to make sure that, that the conversation, you know, stays on track and, and is, is very positive. Yeah. But this is our way of sort of trying to re-engage with the people who have been to the workshops. I'm hopeful that maybe one of the things that we're going to source from them is, you know, real problems and issues that are occurring in the departments. So the workshop is very general. You know, it's about unconscious bias in general. It's about data on campus that, that show gender inequity in general. And... and what I'm hoping we might get are really specific examples that, that we could, you know, they'd be too private for us to put up in front of a whole group of people, but in a small group they could talk about them like, hey, this exact thing is going on in my department right now. Um, what, do, what do you guys think about this? And have you experienced anything like this before? Do you have advice? Are there things we should stay away from or that kind of thing? You know, an important part of the uh, of our process is that people are voluntarily doing this as well. So, so this is not um, mandated from above. So, we do have some mandated programs on campus for uh, unconscious bias training and, and that kind of thing. And and I think that's good. We sh we should have those, but I think we should also have a program like ours where it's people who just want to come and participate in it, sort of a grassroots program, if you will. Yeah. Through the Gates is an official production of the Office of the Provost and the Media School. Copyright 2020, the trustees of Indiana University. Mm -hmm.